Welcome to Disruption Blueprint with Shannon Spotswood from RFG Advisory. In this podcast, we help advisors grow their net worth, build their businesses, and maximize their independence. We've built an award-winning platform with innovative technology, comprehensive service, and a team of individuals who are experts in their field to serve advisors. Join us for this journey where we explore everything that has to do with running an independent advisor practice as we bring together successful advisors, industry experts, and innovative minds who are on the bleeding edge to challenge the status quo, foster new ideas, and create a path for advisors to unleash their growth potential. Now, on to the show. Disruption Blueprint was previously known as War Room Huddle. Please continue to enjoy this content as you build your practice for the future. Way. Man, it's been two years almost to the day that we were here and uh, the whole uh, Warrior Advisor podcast was born and the War Room Huddle and everything that, uh, that we're, that's going on right now. And I can't thank you enough, Dom, for being a part of it. We talk a lot about, you know, the RFG family. And uh, I said when I introduced you the other night that you were truly part of that family. Not only are you, are you truly a part of that family, but you're an integral part of that family. So uh, I appreciate you. Yeah, bro. I appreciate you. It's been an awesome journey so far. Yeah, it has been fun. It has been fun. And to your question, Shannon, what has changed? Uh, you know, you can you can talk a lot about a, a lot of different things that have changed. But uh, two years ago, we were coming. We were leaving on uh, uh, on Friday. We got back home, and on that Saturday, the world shut down. Uh, with COVID, we were calling it the coronavirus back then. You know, that it's it's evolved. And now we're sitting here two years later, and we're hopeful that we're coming out on the other side of that. But what has changed, The I don't think anything has changed. You know, there's always going to be issues in the world. You know, there's always going to be obstacles. You know, we have a conflict currently going on in Europe. There's always going to be conflicts. There's always going to be wars. There's going to be times of peace. What is constant is our our, our ability to adapt to those issues. So I don't know if that's what you were fishing for, but I don't think anything's changed because it's called life. You know, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's our job to be able to adapt and to be able to make a positive difference in other people's lives regardless of the situation. So the, the second you asked that question about <laughs> when we were here last time, two years ago, what's changed? Literally, the thought and the visualization came flooding to me about a guy that I really ex- respect in the teams and uh, his nickname's JJ, but he gave a plaque when he was on his last days in, in our team. And it was such a profound statement that I'll never forget it. And I know that it's true because when I saw it, it just hit home. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I can only say that that's absolutely true now seeing this last couple of years. You know, these things of adversity and these challenges and life-changing and these unknowns, that's the consistent. It's always going to be an unknown. There's always going to be a challenge around the corner. I think what we've done over the last hundred years is kind of trick ourselves and play a game that it's not going to be that way. And the truth is, is it will be. And I think that as human beings, we need to continue to recognize that to stay ahead of it. And I, I just don't think much has changed except the dynamic. You know, we say in combatives, we say in training that principles usually stay the same. It's the tactics that change. And so tactics are fluid, you know, COVID. Okay, fine. You know, what's going on in the world right now with Ukraine? Okay, fine. These are tactics. These are tactics that we need to continue to confront head on and get ahead of 
you know, hopefully these things don't happen, but when they do, we have to have the fortitude to be able to respond in a way that makes the world a better place. That's everybody. That's us. That's as leaders. Everybody. That's as human beings. Uh, that's humanity in general, I think needs to take on that type of thinking or else you're going to find yourself on your heels for the rest of your life. I think, I think the number one principle that people that were really leaning into this as far as what was going on in the world and that was doing well and proactive was the people that accepted reality as it already was. Not, not even as it came up, they're like, oh, of course well, this would happen because I already knew that this was possible. They didn't live a life thinking that, okay, nothing's ever going to happen to me. I'm going to be able to get through my life and just kind of go through the motions. These are the people that lean into adversity and that understand that being prepared was such a huge part of their life. And I just, I live that, right? As a patriot, as a, as a guy in the military, you see the world as it is. You're like, man, this is really volatile and unstable in a lot of different ways. And if I don't lean into this, I'm going to find myself figuring out what the heck is going on around me. I think that is the characteristic of everybody that I saw continue to stay strong. In fact, got stronger through yep. the last couple of years because they're like, oh, okay, I was somewhat prepared for this. I have to adapt. And now I actually am able to adapt even better than before. And it's just a continuing you know, thing, especially the instability of the world. It's not that it wasn't unstable. It's just that it's being exposed. So now what are we going to do about it? Yeah. And you know, to that, to that point, you know, we talk about mindset and everybody talks about mindset, right? But the goal of mindset is to see things clearly, to have clarity. And then you have fear, you know, and fear is the lack of clarity. And the uncertainty is what we fear most. So to your point, you know, when you go into all this uncertainty, you have to have the right mindset to adapt. You have to have the right mindset to hit the issues head on. And crush the fear. The fe you know, you looked around, you know, last two years with COVID and everything else that was going on. Man, I literally saw people that were just crushed by the unknown and the fear that was going on. I mean, quit watching mainstream, me mainstream media. I mean, come on. You know, don't watch the news. Stop yeah. it. Stop doing it. You know, be careful what you're looking at on social media. You know, because the fear will get, get, grab a hold of you and it will absolutely control you. And the ones who thrive, not only survived during this period of time, are the ones who had the proper mindset and they crushed the fears that were going on around them. Yeah, I think fear does play a big part into the people that were leaning into that adversity because the people that prepare already know that there's a level of preparedness needed in order to crush that fear. So it's, it's a living proactively in a sense. Yep. And... It's that acceptance of reality to do what's necessary and to not fear, to live without fear. But there's a lot of people that run away from the problems. And I said this on a Team Never Quit podcast with uh, Latrell, is that you're going to have a choice every single day, a yes or a no, or a left and a right, or pick up the heavy weight or the lighter weight. And, and the truth is, is that if we get into a mode that we always do the harder thing, mm -hmm. if we always choose the harder path, that becomes a way of life. Yep. And it actually was always like that anyway. The fact that it isn't now is a very new concept of like, oh, I'm going to take the easier path. This is more comfortable. And to me, it's just ignorance and complacency. So with that lifestyle and leaning into the adversity to do the harder thing, you start to find yourself being like, oh, okay, well, I was just ready for this anyway. Now I'm not afraid of it. I'm going to accept that the harder thing is what I'm already going to do. You're comfortable with the situation. You're already comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's up to them. You know, it's up to, the, again, I'm, I'm going to say it again, it's, 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 it's about their mindset, you know. You can get in a certain groove, if you will, in life to where you're overcoming obstacles and things such as that. But if you allow yourself not to continue to strive to get better each and every day, you can go back 
And that's a scary place to be. Yeah, that, that's an individual question. Like anybody that would yep. watch this and kind of analyze like, well, am I going to get comfortable again? Am I going <laughs> to revert back to what I was doing? I mean, it's all the foundational stuff we talk about all the time, right? It's it's our faith. It's our values. It's our characteristics. It's what we're doing. It's how I'm raising my kids. It's how we lead our families. It's how we lead our businesses. And we have gotten very complacent on that over the last several years that allows people to have that type of mindset. But I think that the layers are continuing to be peeled back and that the people that really got it are stepping up. The people that didn't and kind of yep. were on the fence, they're starting to realize like, oh, I actually have to do something about this now. And then there's going to be the group that is always just okay with being ignorant until it comes on their doorstep. I mean, I would talk to guys about self-protection, owning a firearm, uh, having the responsibility of protecting your family. And literally I had some guys that I would talk to and they would say that they refused to do anything until it affected them. I'm like, so what you're saying is that you're okay with doing nothing until your door's being kicked in. Then you would say, that's enough for me to go do something about that. And it's just like, that's just not reality. I'm not going to live my life that way because underlying in your mind and your subconscious, you're always going to have that fear. And I just like, that's no way to live. I am not going to live that way. I'm going to be proactive, ready for that response and knowing it's a, it's a possibility. So I just encourage everybody to think that way. And your life changes overnight when you accept that. Overnight. So fear in general, again, we have to define every word that we isolate, like mindset, like let's define that. So fear itself does cause emotion. So for everybody, it's going to be different, but it's the thought of a stimulus that is an unknown outcome. It's an, a thing that hasn't happened yet, but it's a possible outcome. And so you're starting to consume yourself with this idea of, well, what if I fail? What if it hurts? What if, what if this is going to happen? There's a lot of what ifs involved with fear. And so knowing that, it's kind of confronting and diving into that, that causes people to have half-hearted decisions, that causes anxiety, that causes unnecessary nervousness, that makes people just confused about what the heck it is that they're doing. And they never commit to anything in the first place. So fear does a lot of things that hurts you. And honestly, I can't think of anything that fear does really well. If you're able to convert it to a healthy respect for something, again, if I have to kick down a door and there's a guy that's going to shoot at me in that room, but I got to go in there and save my family, fear can control me. A healthy respect for something gives me the right frame of mind of how I need to enter the room. There's a difference. And that's, the, that's what I want to define with people to say, I'm not going to let that, as soon as you feel the emotion slow you down from the forward momentum of what you know needs to be done, there's no question. I have to go in there and save my family. There's, that's not, there's not up for debate. And so I know it's fear if I start to hesitate, if I start to lack commitment, if I start to second guess myself, that's fear. And that needs to be, the head needs to be lobbed off the second you feel that and you need to turn it into there's respect for something, but that's going to change my frame of mind to go in there with everything that I have. So it's going to, in fact, power, empower me and make me stronger and more pointed in what my actions need to be in the first place. Yeah. I mean, it's the fear of change. Change is uncertain. You know, it's the uncertainty that Don was just talking about. And so, you know, as advisors, you know, we get, we, we don't like change by the most part. We like things. We like to take care of our clients. We, you know, uh, do the planning for them. We take care of their money. We take care of their finances. We take care of the people, the families that we serve. And to make a change th during all that is uh, disruptive. And, you know, there's so many advisors out there that look at RFG, they look at other platforms like RFG, and they, they, they think about independence. They're like, oh, that's, that would be so awesome, but I don't quite know what it's going to look like on the other side. 
So that's the fear coming into their minds and it's debilitating them and making them hesitate and making a decision. Every advisor, and this is not an RG commercial, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Every advisor that's on our platform, I always tell them, especially if they come from a wirehouse or something like that, is like, all right, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you're going to be okay. All your clients are going to come with you that you want to come with you. And in six months, I guarantee that's going to happen and you owe me a drink. I have almost become an alcoholic because I've had so many drinks bought for me. And I say that jokingly, but that is the case. So it's the fear of change. It's the fear of, uh, it's the fear of uncertainty and the unknown. And it's just like Dom said, you got to convert that fear into something more, more positive. I mean, the, uh, the respect. Yeah, you've got to respect the fact that you're making a change in your business. You've got to respect the fact that you've got to go have conversations with your clients and let them know that you're going independent. You're starting your own business. Um, but you can't let that fear just bog you down. It's just like anything else. It's the fear of change. Well, you know, the one thing I hear people say is that, well, that's just not me. No, I just wasn't, I just wasn't built that way. And it's like, no, I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. You, you were built for that. People were built for adversity. You were built for the unknown. And it's leaning into that, that shows you the most about yourself. You know, I, I know this to be true because Every time that I've seeked unknown or been thrown into it, you can't help that it makes you better. Yeah. You can't help that on the other side, it makes you better. Is it uncomfortable most of the time? Absolutely. The answer is yes. Yep. And I'm sorry, that's an uncomfortable truth to the fact that the unknown will make you better. The adversity, the pain, the, the hard things, the challenging things, the things that just push you to your limits, but that's what we were built for. Yep. And if we don't live that way and don't think that way, then we're just going to stay here the whole time. As we talk about get uncomfortable being uncomfortable. There's a truth to that. That's yep. why it's a statement. That's why people say it. Yep. That's why people that are um, whatever, however you want to define the word success, you know, because I could go in a whole rabbit hole about that idea. But it to, in order to improve, let's use the word progression, okay? Not success because people get confused about what that means. But progression in your life, wherever it may be, the three pillars, mental, physical, and spiritual. If we progress in those areas it doesn't happen without the forging, yeah. without the smashing of metal, without the sparks and the heat, without the pain and the adversity to really make leaps and bounds. You can make incremental changes, but I don't know about you. I'm not about incremental changes. I yeah. want to make leaps and bounds in my life. This Absolutely. life is way too dang short to sit back and hope that things just get a little bit better. You know, I want to unfold it. I want to take all the nonsense away and say, what's really the priority, what do I really need to put my effort into and what's going to make me the best every single day? Be obsessed about it. Be obsessed. Yeah. So motion, the definition in simplistic terms is no mind, right? So we think about that. Well, we have to dig a little bit deeper into what that means, right? Because we're sitting here, we're always thinking of something. But I realize the truth of what that kind of meaning, that warrior phrase, that word motion meant because it started to hit me when I was overseas. I knew that if I carried the baggage and the weight of everything that was going on, even at home per se, right? Like I had an argument with my wife or there's a bill that I didn't pay, or we have a credit card we got to pay off or whatever the case is, was weighing on my mind. Like carrying that into the room with me was going to do nothing but slow me down, do nothing but make me think about something else. I wasn't focusing my mind completely at the task at hand. And how often do we do that? Mm -hmm. How often do we let our brain spin off in a meeting where we should be focusing? How often do we let our brain spin off when we're in a workout where we should be focusing? Being present is a skill. Yep. And having no mind 
is an important part of being present. Because when you go into something, right, uh, Ecclesiastes, when we talk about whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might, that means crush everything. Crush everything means do everything that you have in front of you a thousand percent with all of your effort possible. You're not going to do that if you're carrying the baggage of what's going on in the outside world that has nothing to do with the present moment, with the present task. So I got really good at understanding, like, I just got to let it go. I literally have to, it's as simple as that of letting go what's going on to clear my mind so that it's as effective as possible to be able to either go into combat, to be able to talk to my wife, to be able to talk to my children. None of that stuff is going to help me. And I can't emphasize that enough, you know? And, you know, it's hard to do. You know, it's, it's difficult to get where you, I, I still struggle with that. You know, what happened yesterday, what happened last week? Yeah, you learn from those things if you make mistakes, because we, we're going to make mistakes. But it, what you, if you dwell on that, that's going to do you no good for what's going on today and more, speci more specifically what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, we talked about acceptance. I mean, look, we're not perfect, right? We're going to make mistakes. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. But it's what you do with those stumbling blocks. And when you fall in those failures, like all of it, this beautiful analogies about each one of those stones, about each one of those pieces and each one of those stumbling blocks being used to actually build your path forward. Like it's just true. Mm -hmm. That's a true statement. Anybody that makes a forward progression knows that. So that's what we try to get everybody else that's stuck to realize. Like use those to empower you. Those failures become your strengths, they become your character, they become who you are. Some of the best people that can talk about strengthening your marriage are the people that have struggled through marriage, <laughs> right? Like you, if you had this perfect marriage and nothing ever happened and nothing was ever wrong, I don't know if I can take advice from you. Like, what did you go through that you can give me advice on? Like, I need somebody that's been through it. Right. And we've got to take those and use them to our advantage. I mean, pivot is adaptable. Being, being able to be adaptable, to be able to adapt to any situation. You know, we learn it in our training. You know, you you got to pivot at times. Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face. Um, and you've got to be able to adapt and you've got to pivot, you know, based on different situations. It's the same thing in life. You know, it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing with the relationships. You know, you've got to be able to adapt to whatever's thrown at you and refocus your mind on what what you want to have accomplished and you have to be obsessed about it. So pivot an immediate change in direction, right? Towards another location that wasn't your current heading, right? You take that and kind of analyze it in life is that oftentimes I think we get too focused on going on one heading. And I often, you know, let's use the analogy of being in a boat where you have currents and seas, whether you're sailing, you know, if you know the word crabbing, right? You're always kind of at a tilt going in the same direction, but you're angled somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that we need, what we need to do in life, but we also sometimes need to completely change direction. Mm -hmm. And so in order to realize like, this isn't going to work for me, that's not the same direction that's going to get me there. The current pushed me this way and he completely changed direction. I need to pivot my heading to go somewhere else. So when we meet a challenge that's stopping us from getting to where we want to go, we can either, we can either be stubborn about it and have pride, which we all struggle <laughs> with, right? We have pride to be like, no, I got to get there. That's the heading I set out for when you're not actually taking the blinders off to see what's actually possible. If you're able to pivot right in that moment hard, and it takes risk. Yep. It takes bravery and boldness. I've talked to people that were with RFG that were like, eh, I'm trying to make a move, but it's risky. There's an unknown. It's like, that, that's what I love. Mm -hmm. People don't like hanging out with me because I'm willing to pivot like right now. <laughs> I'm not afraid of anything. And so there's a little bit of instability with kind of dealing with me in a situation where maybe it is business, but I'll change overnight and not even think about it because I'm, I'm willing to risk it all to do the right thing and what my instinct is telling me about where we are in the world. Yeah. 
uh, that sounds familiar about six years ago. You know, RFG 1.0, we started in 2003, and uh, six years ago, we talk about pivoting. You know, we uh, we tore the house down and rebuilt RFG over a five-year period of time. And was that hard? Yes. It was hard. It was risky. Uh, people told us that we were absolutely nuts. We were doing it too, we were doing too much, doing it too quickly. And Shannon and Rick and I, we looked at each other and said, no, man, we're obsessed with this. This is what we're going to do. And look at us now. I don't think it was too quick. We got better microphones this year. <laughs> I think it's, it I think it's working out just fine. <laughs> <laughs> you hear people talk about it often. I can kind of remember some of the moments where I heard people say, like, make sure that you're, you love what you do. Make sure that you're passionate about what you do. And, and honestly, it goes back to that for me. It's like we fight ourselves in some situations in our culture because maybe it doesn't align with culture. Or maybe it doesn't align with what other people around you think you should do. And I think if our heart is in the game, right? And I'll equate it to the Holy Spirit, like coming through our lives saying like, look, this is where you belong. Because when I'm with my kids, this is just an example. When I'm with my kids, like there is no other place I'd rather be. And so for me, I'm like, this is the perfect moment for me. There's no other, I need to fight to get more of that in my life. I need to fight to be with my kids more. So that to me is a, is a calling where I should be pivoting. Am I spending too much time trying to chase what the world thinks of success is? It's like, I'm a, I challenge all that. I don't like what culture, as soon as culture says that this is what's normal, I'm like, oh, I can't get as far away from it as I possibly can. So I think pivoting takes a lot of bravery. And I think it takes a lot of boldness to conquer what you have going on in your life, to get out of that nine to five mentality of like, hey, I'm getting a specific paycheck. You know, this is the way that I'm kind of in this, I'm locked into this kind of zone, but think unconventionally about what you're most passionate about, about what you love, about what's really firing your heart up because that's where you're going to be effective. If you got me doing things with my kids, I can do that all day till I pass out, right? I can just keep going and going and going. There's, there's endless energy that, that's with me in those moments as opposed to doing something that's really draining you. And you understand that balance. Like, look, did I want to work at, uh, you know, name some of the jobs that I did when I was a kid. I mean, I landscaped. I worked, I worked at a tire shop. I worked at a, a printing shop. I worked at a car stereo shop. I mean, I did those things to kind of explore. And it wasn't the tire shop. I wasn't like, man, this is the best thing ever. But it was a stepping stone. I knew what I was doing it for. I knew my why behind, hey, I got to pay my bills. I got to make some income. So you got you to understand if God puts you in that place, do it with all your might. Use it and then get to the next point. Don't hesitate to get to the next step to be able to do what you love. Welcome to Warrior Advisor, an award-winning podcast where we help you develop a warrior mindset by learning and applying the tools of veteran Navy SEALs. If you're enjoying this content, then get ready because this October, we are bringing this type of content and training to you live and in person at our first Warrior Advisor Conference in Cape Coral, Florida. With keynotes from Tim Tebow, Eddie Gallagher, and Dom Rosso, we will be bringing you a truly hands-on, in-depth experience to learn how to become a warrior advisor and take your practice to the next level. comes down to what I talk about all the time is the striving to get 1% better every single day. If you're striving to get 1% better every single day in all facets of your life, you're not going to, you can't, you can't be complacent, right? That's the, that's the opposite of complacency and complacency. You know, it, sometimes I think as I've gotten older, it's okay to kind of slow down a little bit, enjoy the fruits of your labor or where you are, say your relationship's going well, go, I'm in a pretty good spot there uh, here right now. I'm feeling pretty good. 
but don't stay there too long because it can always be better. Okay, if you get complacent, you, it's not going to get better. You're just going to enjoy where you are in the now. Well, God willing, you've got a long life ahead of you. You've got a long life ahead of you with your family and your friends and the people you care about, your power, your, your power of five and the people you hold, you hold that holds each other accountable. If you get complacent, you're not doing anybody any good service. You're not empowering others. Okay, you're not you're not being an asset to the people around you if you get complacent. So, bottom line, you got to crush it, man. If you you got to have that mentality of every day I'm gonna get up and try to get one percent better in every aspect of my life. Okay, what did you do today that made you one percent better? Um, I worked out, even though I pulled a hamstring yesterday. Powering through. Powering through. I would say one percent better today. I had a great workout with my son, being very intentional about that. You know, it's easy to kind of let them be like, "Well, you know, I don't want." I'm like, "No, dude. I'm like, let's go. We're hitting the gym. We get there and we're in it, and we feel good." And he helped me instruct today. Yep, uh, he did I, a great job too. Having my family, you know, be with me on this trip. You know, for me, obviously, I've lived a very unconventional lifestyle. I haven't got to see that much. So having him here with me is just like. It's, it's amazing. It's just like the best thing ever. You know, I just get to spend the time with them. So I feel like we're definitely progressing. Plus, the 1% was uh, getting a matching outfit that Leo had that he made sure. he want, I'm wearing fluorescent shorts right now that he insisted I had to look like him. And, you know, he doesn't have the concept of, like, understanding purchasing it or not. And I'm kind of like, I can't. You can't say no to that. You can't say no dude. to that. No. And he was so pumped. Not. When he saw me coming to the pool with the same matching outfit, he was like, <laughs> gave me a big hug, but no, uh, that was that That's was my, that was my one. That was my five percent right there. There today, you go. So it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. What is an excuse? I don't even know what that is. It's like yeah. it's like the word quit. That's not in my yep. vocabulary. Oh man, what do you start with this? Because this is really difficult to understand. You know, this is kind of like I was talking about. You know, people that don't go through a, a tough situation. How are they going to tell you on how to get better at it? I, I've kind of cut excuses out of my life. Because you have to create a filter for your life. That's why morning routines and your mantra and your code and what you aim your brain and your heart towards is so important because I can put it through that filter. I'm not going to make an excuse for something that's important to me. Right. Right. And with today's culture, I feel like it is an issue. It is a major problem where it's just a part of who they are. Uh, put it this way. Listen, I, you're... The way that your business is structured is a lot different than the way I do things, but I think HR, I think all those rules and all the corporate legal stuff that's going on in today's modern culture has become so ingrained that it's like almost debilitating in a way like we can't even do anything anymore because everybody's worried about, you know, pissing somebody off or saying the wrong thing or you can't even be human. You got to watch what you say when you, when you walk into a different room and like that takes- It's called compliance in our world. Compliance, okay. <laughs> and, and even that word, I'm like, ugh, compliance. I'm like, compliance That's even more harsh, right? <laughs> Tell me why I'm compliant. Why have right? I got to be compliant? Well, you, know? you just kind of do. Do not comply, right? And <laughs> in, in a lot of ways, I think we need to continue to challenge that on every aspect of our lives because what it does is it leaves room for people to kind of build their own, they, they live in their own lie, right? And it's just become second nature for people to be like, oh, I'm sick. I'm not feeling good. Or I'm mm -hmm. not going to show up or I'm going to be a little late or I got this going on or I got pulled over. And it's just like, oh, I got away with it. I could lie and, and, and get away with it. That's ingrained into our culture. That yep. is it. It's, is, okay. it's acceptable. Yep. That is, that is a family. That is an integrity, parenting, leadership, cultural issue. And it's just like I talked about, about protecting ourselves with whatever you need to protect yourself with. That's not a two-year issue. There's no paper you're going to sign that's going to get people to change their heart to be like, I need to be completely honest about everything I got going on in my life. That's a 30-year 
a challenge yeah. to get parents to do the right thing now to start telling their kids, no, telling the truth is how we should live our lives to have ultimate integrity and extreme accountability. Absolutely. It's so easy to make an excuse and it's become so acceptable. You know, just as I said, how do I, how did I, how did I get 1% better today is I've worked out today and I, I, I pulled a hamstring yesterday working out. I don't think there's anyone that would think badly of me if I said, yeah, I'm out today. I'm, I'm not going to work out. I was like, well, you pull, hamstring sure surely you're not going to work out but yeah and, and and for a minute when i got up this morning i'm like i can pass the day and then i'm like you know what i want people to see me working out you know yeah. i want them to see me pushing it through it was i going at 100 percent? absolutely because I'm, I'm i'm smarter than that but i did something so i did get one percent better the, the other thing as it relates to excuses and i'm very aware of this i'm a little bit older i'll be 52 in a couple of months i know i don't look it I know, I know you can't believe that, but I'll be 52. And a lot of people my age use age as an excuse. Right. And, you know, granted, the age is real. As you get older, there's going to be certain things that you could do at 30 years old that you can't do at 50 or can't do as well or as fast and things such as that. It is real. We get older. But don't let that be an excuse to hold you back in life, especially from a physical in a spiritual uh, fashion. To me, that's one of the worst excuses you can make. I mean, I've been training with you for five years. I'm 52 years old. I pray to God you're still training me when I'm 70 and you're <laughs> and you're 60, man. Because I, I, I want to be out there, dude. Me too. I might have to <laughs> adapt the curriculum a little bit, but you'll show up. I know you will. Uh, you know, but that's just, you know, what we're capable of. It's all about capabilities. Age is, age is literally just a number. It's a number. Most of the time it comes down to mindset. And when it comes to excuses... What you think to yourself, what you say out loud, every single bit of it matters. That's why I always say everything you do matters. It all compounds into who you're becoming. And in today's culture, it's been so easy to just let it slip out. Like, well, I couldn't do that. Or that's, that's just not me. Or, you know, I'm too old. Or like whatever people say. Some of the things I hear people say, I'm like, how are you letting yourself believe what's coming out of your mouth? And how are the people closest to them not calling them out well, on it? Well, because <laughs> I think we've really forgotten what true love really is. I think true love really does hurt. It can be painful at times. Oh, to tell yeah. somebody that you really care about something, it's like, this is going to suck. You know what? You might not even like me. But true love, true agape love risks that. In today's day and age where everybody wants to feel good and like each other, True love risks the fact that you might not ever talk to me again, but I'm going to tell you something that you need to hear. Yep. And even if I didn't fully connect with what I needed to get across, 1%, there's no way that if I, you truly know that I love you, that you won't take that in on some level and start changing your life. And I think people are missing that today. I everybody agree. wants to make everybody freaking feel good. And especially the parents. Like, oh, they're, you know, the kids are my friends. It's like, no, no, no they're, they're your kids. You need to raise them with discipline. And be pointed and love them to the point where you're willing to tell them what they don't want to hear. Yep. You know, like that's just a true statement. So that goes back to excuses again, because it leaves the door open with like, well, I guess I'm kind of feeling this and I kind of say it. So it must be true. Like can't isn't a word you say in my house unless, you know, you're willing to accept the penalty of burpees. You know, like you can do anything that you put your mind to. I don't care who you are. This life is way too short and humans are way too capable. You can do anything that you want to accomplish, you know? Well, ethos is something that you wholeheartedly believe in and you would willing to stake your life on it. You're willing to lay your life down for that ethos, for that creed, for that mantra, uh, for a code. You know, there's a lot of different names for it, but at the end of the day, it's something that you're, you're committing to. 
I do believe because we all are unique. We have neural individuality and we're also created uniquely by God with, with unique talents that each one should be different in a way. There should be anchors and principles, but you should be able to say that to yourself every day so you're aiming your heart and your mind in the right direction because if you commit to that every morning, then you can't help but to think of that throughout your day to go through that filter. Like, is what I'm doing right now adding up to what I say to myself every single morning to commit everything that I have to my faith, to my family, to my brotherhood. Like, is this, is this doing that? I believe so. Absolutely. hundred percent, you know, just from the fruits that I've seen with Bobby and I's relationship, being able to have my family here. Yes. I can say yes to that. And that sets the foundation of everything. I mean, I, I asked everybody to raise their hand of who had it. And it was a small number. Mm. I was surprised. I was like, come on guys, we're going to get our act together here. You got to write down what's important to you every day. It's way too short not to. So that is an important element of especially a morning routine where you're trying to figure out, we have days where we're groggy, we're tired, we're not feeling good, you know, we're sick, whatever the case is, pull that out, commit to it. If that's the one thing you do all day, it sets an important foundation. Yep. So from, a, from an ethos standpoint, what I do every single morning is it relates to my routine. I, the church I go to, we have an out that is, is the is 365-day Bible. Uh, to where I, I get up, and it takes anywhere from two to three minutes, and I'll read the, whatever scripture is there. Um, and that, that's how I start my morning. Then I do some stretching. One thing I think Dom and I both uh, share in our morning routine is we both do 33 push-ups every single morning, regardless of the situation. Yep. I don't know. I don't. In four years, I don't know if I've ever – I don't think I've missed it. Yep. And uh, we do that for a reason because we think that uh, 33 years is the amount of years that uh, Christ uh, walked on this earth. And so that gets you kind of in the mindset of the day. You know, we, we at RFG talk about, you know, we've got a warrior's mindset. Every morning we want to develop that warrior's mindset. And we want to lead with a servant's heart. So that those 33 push-ups push is getting my mindset on my why, which is to be a warrior for Christ. Okay, that is my Amen. why. That is why I get out of bed every single day. And your why can change over time, but that's where I'm at in my life right now. And then once I do my 33 push-ups, then I go into prayer. And I pray basically on six principles. And that changes as your life evolves in different stages in your life. I pray to be a better warrior for Christ. I pray to be a better father. I pray to be a better leader. I pray to make a positive difference in someone's life each and every day, regardless of how big or how small. I pray to be present in the moment and enjoy this journey of life that God's given us and to have peace. And I pray to be an asset in everything that I do to get 1% better and to become a better version of myself. So once I go through and I have my prayer time, then part of my routine now is, you know, I've got a Sentry Bob at home. And so every morning after I do, after I do my prayer, I go and I, I, want, I, want to, I want to have that stimulus of me punching something. You know, praying to God, I don't have to punch anybody, but I want that stimulus. So I go out for about five or ten minutes and, and before my workout, and I do different strikes on uh, Century Bob. Century Bob is a big, is a punching bag that looks like an armless, jacked-up dude. And uh, so I go and punch, uh, punch on him for a while, do some flanking and stuff like that, and then I go into my workout. Once I've done that, then, then you can have part of me as part of your day. That is mine, and it's sacred. Yeah. And, and it, it develops it how be. I'm going to that, 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 that trains me to attack the day and to make a positive difference in someone's life. I don't I don't think I could be as productive and um, be able to contribute the way I've been able to contribute if I did not have that ritual, if you will, of that morning routine and God being such a part of it. Yeah, I, first of all, solid 
solid flow in the morning because we're, we're aiming our heart, we're aiming our mind. And the, the three pillars were mentioned. You're firing your mind up, you're firing your spirit up, and you're yep. firing your body up, right? Yep. So you, you create those pillars and you fire everything up. That's why that physical connection is so important in the morning. Those 33 push-ups are so important. You know, I think of the, the, the life of every footstep as much as I can that Christ walked when I'm doing those push-ups because I think of, you know, your life is about bearing fruit, right? So our actions and the fruit that we bear shows how that's impacted us, mm-hmm. right? And, and I want to continue to do that. And so you're firing that, that up in yourself. So I think it's solid. So for anybody that's, that's thinking about a routine, that's listening to your routine, this is the question that I've been getting a lot lately. And it makes sense because there's mornings where you don't get to do that, right? There's mornings where it doesn't happen that strategically. And people right. think like, well, does Bobby do that every day? Does Dom do that every day? And the answer is no, because life happens. My buddy just had his fourth boy, right? And he's like, dude, I got a solid routine. And then boom, I got a, I got a new kid in the house, a new yeah. baby. So they're up all night. He's helping out. And he's like, man, I'm struggling to get that morning routine in. I'm like, but you have a variable. We go through seasons, but the goal with this routine is always to create momentum more often than not. We need to fight to get back to that anchor to allow us to create the momentum. Is the variable going to happen? hundred percent. Absolutely. Life happens. And if you have a rough night or a rough schedule, or, you know, we drove here, I got in at two 30 in the morning and I compressed my timeline. I got a few hours of sleep and had to be up and doing something the next morning. I had to compress that timeline, but I will fight to get back to the point where I have my morning routine. Mm-hmm. I'll experiment with it. I'll play it, uh, play it out. I'll measure it. And then I'll try to adapt it along the way, even being on the road. So, uh, today we didn't get to do scripture this morning, but my family knows I got my, I got my, uh, daily readings right in my book right here. They know it's at some coming. point during the day, it's coming. we're going to anchor ourselves to be able to get that word in, you yeah. know? So it's just, if you have to adapt, adapt, compress, compress, but fight to have your, the majority of your days do that routine so you can aim your heart and your mind in the right direction with your ethos and committing to your faith. One plus one equals 11 means that we're breaking the mold of how we think. And, you know, typically you ask people, well, that's a math problem, it equals two. But if I'm thinking differently and outside of the box as creatively as possible and not like anybody else, I need to think that that one plus one equals 11. It's just a different way of looking at things. I want Bobby, if we're both assets, to be able to take care of any situation that you throw us into. It does not matter. That's 11. If I just add another one, then what can we really handle? A little bit more? But if he's looking that way and I'm looking this way, we can see a whole different field of view, not just what's in front of us at 180 degrees or less than that, really, if we're in a, if we're in a contact scenario or a threat scenario. So I always look for that force multiplication on how my skills will up his game times 10, as opposed to just helping him a little bit. You know, I'm just going to help Bobby a little bit. No, if I'm working with Bobby, I want to help Bobby a whole lot. And I'm looking for those gaps. I'm looking to be that force multiplier. So I think realistically, it's just a different way of looking at things and knowing that what we're capable of is way more than just the one plus one equals two. I think it's having two assets in the room. 100%. It doesn't matter if you're in combatives. It doesn't matter in business, our team members. I mean, if you've got two people that are assets in their trade, their field, and their, 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 their core of who they are, you can do anything. You can literally change the world. I think statistically you're right because if we say, okay, let's do the math problem of asset plus liability, it just can't get to 11, yep. right? And and maybe it's even a 1.5, but mathematically speaking, I, I believe it's true that one plus one 
of an asset of the right one, the well-rounded one can't equal 11 because that's yeah. exactly what you're doing. You're enhancing it in a totally different way. You know, when you layer that level of training and mindset and spirit behind something, if I know that you're willing to fight for the, to the death, there's a much different dynamic in the environment than somebody that's like, nah, not today, right? right. Now I'm trying to save my family's life without a buddy as opposed to somebody that's going to go and flank somebody else for me and save somebody else's life or my family's life, right? Yep. A lot of people think of the, when you think of the word obsess, it, it kind of, you know, has kind of a negative uh, feel to it because, you know, people are like, well, that person is obsessed with that other person or that person is obsessed about a certain thing. You know, it's like I tell people, being obsessed is a very healthy thing. Now, full disclosure, you don't want to be obsessed with someone to the point that you're going to go stalk them. You know, uh, that was that is ridiculous. And I would argue you don't want to be obsessed about a certain entity, if you will. Uh, I gave a talk last night uh, about this, this this exact thing. And I told people, to, to, it was a little bit to people's surprise. I, I told them, you know, the growth of RFG and the success we've had over the last several years. I said, I'm not obsessed about RFG. I'm not obsessed about RFG. I am obsessed about being a better leader. So therefore, RFG is the benefactor to that. So being obsessed is just committing to something with your whole being to make yourself better and make the people around you better. You know, I'm obsessed about certain things. A lot of those are things that I pray on every single morning. Okay. You know, I'm obsessed about living life to its fullest. We only got one, you know, those of us who believe we truly believe there's life after this life here on earth, but we got one here on earth, you know, so you better live it to the fullest. And I challenge you to be obsessed about living it to the fullest. I think the word obsessed just like anything else, just needs to be defined. And I don't think about it in a negative connotation at all because when you become obsessed, it's, it's because you, you love something and, you, and you're pushing so hard towards that direction, you can't think of anything else. It mm -hmm. consumes you. It consumes your way of life. And if you really want to make an impact on it, it should. Mm -hmm. It should become a part of who you are. And to somebody else in today's culture might look at that as obsessed. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that's fine. You can think whatever you want, but I'm going to be effective. And you can think I'm weird, but I'm going to make an impact. And you can think I'm, I'm obsessed, but I'm going to make some effect on what I'm doing. And I think it's just true that that word should connect with the things that you're most passionate about. And then you're going to go conquer. I'm obsessed with being a better dad. That's never going to be a part of, I'm never going to waver from that at all. It's like, what can I do? How can I be better? Uh, I'll, I'll go right now and have an interaction with one of my kids and be like, okay, where could I have done that a little bit better? What could I have said a little bit better? How could I have changed my demeanor? Maybe I should have listened a little bit more. Like I'm constantly thinking about how to do a quick AAR on that and then apply it again immediately. Like that's, that's an obsession and that's a good obsession. Because that's going to get me where I want to go. If I'm not obsessed about it, then why am I even bothering? You know, the people I think that look at obsession obsession as a negative term are the people that are not willing to do what it takes to be obsessed in the first place. You know, it's different. You said in your talk the other night, I'd much rather be weird than normal. Hundred percent. You know, uh, I don't want to be. Normal? I don't want to be normal. Normal's normal's not, not a place where you want to be. I love weird. I, know, I love we, people. We were that are working different. out yesterday on the lawn, and uh, it was funny. We're, there was about 38, 40 of us out there working out. You were leading the workout, and people that were not part of our group were walking around, and they were just like looking at us, you know, with their heads sideways, like, "What are these crazy people doing?" We're out jumping around. I mean, going at it, and I'm looking around. I'm like, "Yep, we're weird." 
you're normal. I don't want to be you. <laughs> We're obsessed about getting better. Every time. So if you think about being obsessed, if you think about being committed, if you think about improving yourself, going through adversity, in today's culture, let's be honest, it's been easy to, to have other people make fun of that, right? Even from an a instinctual standpoint as a kid, you make fun of you, point the finger like, oh, look what they're doing. Oh, they're, they're weird. Well, because we know this already, but it's exposing your own weaknesses and vulnerabilities right away. Yeah. It's like, I get uncomfortable when I walk by the gym and I haven't worked out yet today and I see somebody <laughs> working out, I'm like, dang it, right? But the normal part of me would be easy to be like, psh, they're, I worked they're, out yesterday. they're wasting their time. We're yeah. going to go and do this cool thing and go have a drink or whatever. That, that's easy to default on, but it's not true. It's a lie. You're lying to yourself. And if you get over that, which is pride, you start to realize really quickly that you should actually be the one doing that because you're going to improve your life. You know, and it's just, it's just true. I mean, somebody called my son weird the other day. I'm like, dude, seriously, yeah. what do you say back to that person? Like, at least I'm not normal, yeah. right? Like, yeah, what exactly. is normal? Like, normal's no. I, I want to run as far away from that as oh, I can possibly Lord. be. You know, I think you asked the same question at the end of, uh, of the podcast that we did two years ago. Uh, and my answer is exactly the same thing as it was then. Show up. The art of showing up, show, show up when no one else is willing to do so, you know, be, get in the fight, you know, and we, we, there's a fight around us at all times. You, you hear Dom and I talk about fighting. You think we're always referring to our training. Well, that's true. You know, we're telling each other to show up, get in the fight, but it's life. Show up, get in the fight that's called life, you know, show up in your business, show up in your family life, show up with your you know, your relationship with your spouse, your parents, your children, show up. There's so many people who just don't show up. They're complacent, as you talked about before. Don't get there. Show up when no one else is willing to do so. The number one thing that I would tell anybody is to know your why and be willing to die for it. Because if you're not willing to die for it, then chances are you're not willing to live for it either. Wow. That, yeah, that was, that was profound. That was good. Thank you for listening to the Disruption Blueprint podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rfgadvisory.com or schedule a call on our advisor resources page. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific training strategy. Information here may be provided in part by third-party sources. These sources are generally deemed to be reliable. However, neither our guest nor RFG advisory guarantee the accuracy of third-party sources. The views expressed here are those of our guest, they do not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, its employees, or its clients. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, LLC. RFG Advisory or RFG, a registered investment advisor. Private client services and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities.
Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place. RFG Advisory is an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of RFG by the Commission, nor does it indicate that RFG or any associated investment advisory representative has attained a particular level of skill or ability.